When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio. Trade mornings for Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. And Toyota, Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. Good morning, wherever you might be. My man Johnny and I, we've had a deal to start a trade. Just play music off the topic, boy. That's all I ask. Didn't even ask him to have a shave. He's got the Shopper Reed moustache going well. And uh, we're day 15 and we fell a little bit short. But it doesn't matter because it's here. Last day of the trades. We're going to fire it up. We do it all thanks to the Host Plus. Good morning to whoever you might be. Adam Cooney is very, very excited on a day of which we expect a lot to go down. How you doing, buddy? You wearing a seatbelt? In that oh, chair? What do you got? Strap yourself in. Oh, no. Strap yourself no. in. <laughs> now, Off the top. Now, now, before you are let loose, one no, one Traditionally, I know there's a lot of toing and froing. We've got the embargo a little later on this morning into the early afternoon. It leads to a huge crescendo. So where we sit right now is you as a football fan of your club or a particular player, what you want, what you don't want. Are you happy? Are you unhappy? What's going to make you happy? What are you worried is going to make you worried? So we open the phone lines up and we go bang. one 2355 48 one 2355 48 The text machine always fired up, 0419-187-323. So this is what we're going to do for the next couple of hours. We're going to talk to you, what will make you happy, unhappy, and to be fair, there is only one way we could possibly have started this show. The Mega Trade for Continental Tyres. Trade up to Continental Tyres. Engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. I think it's fair to say that you and I work a great deal together, Adam, and traditionally most of Too your often. ideas I take the piss out of, and I think it's very easy to do so because traditionally... Your way off the mark. But after pushing the mega trade for six years, six long years, finally AFL clubs and AFL headquarters relented and allowed one to slide through. And it's, it's giving... There hasn't been one. There's usually one a year that oh, I nail. Four clubber, though. Four clubber is, is a rarity of that, yeah. of that elite talent and high draft picks. That was the megaest trade that's happened Three's maybe in AFL as history. Three as we get. But but four's for... juicy. So... But today. You texted me late last night around 10-ish and said, 
I won't sleep tonight. Said I've had eight beers. <laughs> I won't sleep tonight. I've had eight beers, and I have got what is called the loose ends yep. mega trade. And I'm scared to hear it. I'm scared to see it. But take it away. What do you? So the idea of is that every single guy that needs to be traded, you're going to link together. Is this? Is this correct? This is correct. This is the oh, loose man. ends mega trade where we solve every issue that is remaining in this trade period with ten clubs. You got a ten club mega trade. Ten club mega trade, which ties up all loose ends, and I'd be very, very surprised if it gets any criticism. It's almost too good. It's almost it's too almost good. too good to read out. All right. Oh, well, you're going to have to because uh, the people are going to come for you via at Trade Radio. It's actually the that phone good line that I've printed it out. Or the text you have printed out. You've given me a copy. I haven't even ran my eyes over it. Well, run your little four eyes over it now. <laughs> me like the rest of the. Uh, AFL fandom community is about to hear it for the first time. Where are you starting? Let's start with the Cats, right, and the easy one. Let's mm-hmm. uh, send Asava Radagalia to Port Adelaide for pick okay. 33. Then the Cats are going to send pick 25 and 33. I've even added some combined draft points in oh, there, so 1,319. Yep. This is going to the Bulldogs for pick 11, which is equal to 1329. Points. So the dogs are out of the first round. We'll come back later to okay, pick 25, sorry, sorry. which is now at the Bulldogs. Okay. Geelong sends pick 11 to Collingwood for Ollie Henry. So the Cats are done. Done. Cats are done. They've got who they want. Given up a little bit, but I think it'd be a good, pretty good player. So they lose 25 and 33, Just, like you suggested yesterday, but yes, they get yes, Ollie Henry yes, in. Yes, yes. Correct. All right. Okay. Correct. Sydney list manager Kinnear Beatson said yesterday that the Swans want to move up the draft order. Yep. So Collingwood send pick 11 and 50, which is 1,602 points. Jeez. To Sydney for pick 17 and 37, which is combined for about 1,500 points. Pick 37 <laughs> is very important, okay, as is pick 50. Okay, you're going to tell me soon or you're going to tell Collingwood me now? Collingwood send picks 37 yeah. to Hawthorne for Tom Mitchell. That's them done. <laughs> Brisbane. They need the draft points this year, obviously, for their two yep. uh, father-sons, but they also want to get Josh Dunkley. So the Hawks then pick 37 to the Lions for a future second because their draft is better next year and Hawthorne are preparing themselves for a good tilt at it next year in terms of draft and want to pick higher than 37. Brisbane send a future first, pick 34, pick 37, oh. which has come all the way from Sydney to the Bulldogs oh. for Josh Dunkley. Don't know if that gets that done, but the go The Lions on. are done. Now, back to the dogs. Here we go, 25. the dogs. The Bulldogs send that pick 25, which is tied to Geelong originally, and the pick 37 they just got from Brisbane to Fremantle for Rory Lobb and a future third rounder, which is tied to Carlton. Dogs are done. Okay. Fremantle <laughs> oh, then geez. send pick 37 and Lloyd Meek to Hawthorne in exchange for Jaeger O'Meara and pick 48. So Sydney's pick 37 comes back to Hawthorne after they traded it for a future second rounder at the Lions. Okay. To finish off. Please. The pick 50 Collingwood gave Sydney in their earlier pick swap is used to get Aaron Francis from the Bombers. Yeah. And then the Bombers use that pick 50 for Sam Wiedemann. Okay. So... There's a lot to get through here. one yeah. 300 How about this? How about I go through? Tell me if I'm incorrect as I try. I, I, I'm going to try and work this out. So Freeman will get pick 25. Yes. Jaeger O'Meara. Yes. And pick 48. Correct. They lose Rory Lobb. Yes. Dogs. Lloyd Meek goes in a future third rounder. Yes. All right. The Dogs get Rory Lobb. 
a future first, pick 33-34, a future third that came from Freo, but originally started at Carlton. Mm. They lose pick 11 and Josh Dunkley. Yep. I think the Dogs will not be happy with that. The Lions get Josh Dunkley. What about the little future third they got back there? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. They just lost their best and fairest. That's what they want, a future third. Uh, Josh Dunkley, the Lions get. Uh, future first they give and a future second and pick 34, all right? Uh, pick 17 and Tom Mitchell ends up at the Pies. Ollie Henry goes. Pick 50 also on the way out. Hawthorne get pick 37, a future second. That's from Brisbane. And Lloyd Meek, who wants out because he knows he probably won't get a game at the Dockers. Tom Mitchell, Jaeger, Amir, and pick 48 are gone. Mm-hmm. Are you sure this is all legal? Oh, Yeah. Okay. It'll it'll get ticked off. Okay. Ollie Henry ends up at the Cats. They lose Ruddy Galeer in pick 25. Port Adelaide get Ruddy Galeer, and they give 33 for him. Sydney get pick 11, which is a big get, considering they just made the grand final. Aaron Francis and pick 50. Pick 17 and pick 37 go out the door. Pick 50 ends up at Melbourne. Sam Weeder, when they lose, the Bombers pick him up. Aaron, Aaron Francis. Yes. Is gone. So um, there's already we've got one off the text. Lions can't trade future second and future first. They've got a future second from the Suns. Okay, so that's the thing. They can trade the future second pick. They just need to make sure they, they get another have, one somewhere on the line. One, have one back. Yes. All right. One three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. One three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. Straight up, having a quick glance at this, since the dogs have been relenting to give Dunkley up with our two first rounders considering he just won their best and fairest. I, I know they're getting Rory Lobb in, but geez, they're losing pick 11 and Dunkley for Lobb. A future first next year, which is tied from the Lions. Future third from... A future first. Future first, yes. Which will be from the Lions, right? Yes. So if they're as good as they are, say they, were, they made the final four next year and make a prelim, we were looking to pick 17 or 18 when you throw Academy and all the rest of it in. So what's the Ooh. what's the alternative with the Dunkley situation? I don't know. He's I don't this is the second year that he's tried to get a trade. I don't think he he goes back to the dogs regardless if this deal gets done. Yeah. So I'm I'm trying to <laughs> off the text, I'm trying to shaft the dogs after they shafted him. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. Me. He walked you're right. To the people texting <laughs> that in. Adam Cooney uh, Still, Honestly, I'm still bitter. That's why I've done this yeah, mega exactly. trade. You walked out to on the dogs. the dogs. You've been shafting North Melbourne all week because you were famously in that meeting when you found <laughs> out that the Bombers and James Hurd wanted you and you just yeah. left Brad Scott I What I'm trying to do table. is I'm trying to get an answer and I'm trying to get decisions uh, made and I'm trying to get trades mm-hmm. done to satisfy player. Yep. And also club because if I don't, I don't think that the Josh Dunkley situation is not an easy one. Because even if the, the pick 21 was involved and they did it, tried to do it a simple way, mm-hmm. then they're, they're lacking, as we mentioned yesterday, in points total to get um, the two father-sons in. So they, they need to wheel and deal. Let me make a prediction to you, and you tell me if I'm incorrect here, which we'll find out in less than 12 hours. Jaeger O'Meara, Lloyd Meek, Rory Lobb, Tom Mitchell, Ollie Henry... Radigalier, Aaron Francis, Sam Wiedemann, all get done. <laughs> and I'm being legit about this. I, I think Josh Dunkley will still get done. You think everyone... I just don't know how. I actually have no idea. Traditionally, look, Ollie Henry posturing and knowing full well with McStay and Bobby Hill coming in and that crowded forward line, he doesn't believe 
he will be in the Collingwood best 22 and play much football next year, right? So he is stone cold. And I've got thoughts Ollie on Ollie Henry, Henry later in the in the show, right? But he's going to walk into the Cats no. forward line, is he? Well, he would maybe he'd rather be back in Geelong and not playing than at the Pies. I, I, I don't, you know Geelong's I don't know. 45 minutes down the road. Man. I know. <laughs> I've got thoughts on Ollie well, Henry. He said, uh, I, I I'll, I'll give you some thoughts on Ollie Henry later. But I, well, I read a quote this morning that said he suffered from homesickness this year. Are we, are we that silly? Yep. <laughs> that we are to believe that. Like he can finish training on a Tuesday at four o'clock and be having dinner with his brother and family by five thirty. Yeah, he could live in Geelong easily. He could actually live in Geelong. Now it wouldn't be logistically great. A lot of people. You're a perfect example of this. I know it's a little bit different to sit in a car for an hour before you go to football training, but there are there are people who. Do travel a little way. Now, when you... Peter Street did it. Where did, where did he live? He lived in G-Town when and, he was at the dogs. And trained for the do- with the dogs yep. or played with the dogs. Yep. Drove up every day and he survived. Oh, well, look, I'll give some thoughts on Ollie Henry later in the show, but I will say this about Josh Dunkley. I don't know exactly how it gets done, but I still am fairly confident the dogs won't walk him to the preseason draft. Okay. I just don't think... I, I understand that clubs need to stand up for themselves. I 100% wholeheartedly agree, and I don't think clubs do it enough, but I also think you can't, unfortunately, let Dunkley, and neither can the Lions, because if he walks back to the preseason draft, he's got absolutely no chance of getting to Brisbane. No. None. And if he does, just like if Ollie Henry, if Dunkley and Henry end up in the preseason draft and Dunkley ends up at Brisbane and Ollie Henry... Uh, ends up at the Geelong Football Club, clubs can no longer complain about the rich getting richer. They just can't. Well, they have to, they have to pounce when the opportunity Absolutely. arises. And, and you can say, oh, you don't want a discount to play your football club. Yeah, fine. But it's the pre-season draft. Yeah. It, players like Dunkley and Ollie Henry, Dunkley, who's obviously incredibly accomplished, they don't pop up in the pre-season draft. They're the guys who... Have the overspill who didn't get picked up in a national draft, or the VFL mature guys around the nation who have played good footy and deserve a crack to to climb onto a list. Henry, high draft pick, talented kid coming off fifteen games, learning the caper, and Dunkley, a premiership player who essentially just comes off a of best and fairest in a really good football team, and twelve months ago played in the pre- in a grand final. If those guys end up at their football clubs that they want to go to via the preseason draft. Footy fans should be filthy on the clubs that aren't them who yeah. had a chance and, to draft them before. And there's really no way around it. So uh, was it Jack Martin that was in the yep. preseason yep. draft and he nominated mm-hmm. a huge price yes. on his head? Which, front end. Yeah, which was front-ended. So that's how he got to his club of so, choice. Whereas if Ollie Henry uh, and Josh Dunkley put a, a huge price on their heads, well, those clubs who are down the bottom of the ladder at the moment could match that So that, that's easily. the thing, right? So and they can't. There's no way around it. Just for people who may not be aware, you have to actually match 100% specifically how the contract sits. So if someone's, you know, say if they front-end a deal and it's worth $1.2 in the first year, that's what you have to match. You can't say, oh, but you're getting $4 million over five years, it has to be the exact specific terms. I know most football fans would know this, but you're right. Geelong's got the last pick in the preseason draft. The last pick, and I doubt they're going to front-end Ollie Henry to get a million dollars a year. <laughs> so every other club... Yeah, no, probably not. And no. if you want to, oh, you know, the rich get richer, the Jack Bowes situation, the old, oh, Geelong just get... It's like you've got an opportunity 
with a free swing to get a kid into your football club. And if he comes in and he still wants to leave in 12 months' time, you have got an asset you didn't have beforehand. one 48 the, the phone lines are going nuts. What We're going to take a quick break. What does Ollie Henry do? Just off the text here. If, if he goes into the preseason draft, then Collingwood pick him up again. Legitimate. <laughs> It's a no, it's, it's a legitimate like possibility. That. That's funny. Dogs can do the same thing with Dunkley. One three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. So David, okay. Brad, Andrew. Just before we go to the race, so wait right there. Dogs yes. fans are saying that that they're getting reamed. They are <laughs> in your dr- they're giving away. Yeah, but but what's the what's the alternative? I mean, where it sits. I, I, I need. I need, and, and, and I had to include uh, everyone. So it's a it's a it's a tough. Ten uh, way trade, mm-hmm. and it's tough to satisfy everyone. But well, like we said, um, come up with a couple of of uh, alternatives, and I'll read them out. I, I don't, I don't disagree with people pushing the whole Gold Coast Josh Dunkley situation. Try and get involved late, and it's just too late. He wants to go to the Brisbane Lions. There's been murmurings. This is the thing as well. There's been murmurings all year about some of these players, Dunkley. When a guy doesn't sign on the dotted line, it gives an opportunity for all clubs to ring his management, and I assume they all did. You know, with the Jack Bowes situation I heard this morning, you know, Dangerfield and Mackey reached out to his management in the middle of the year and said, hey, what's Jack Bowes? Like, these guys haven't just popped. Yegro Mira, maybe? Say Dangerfield? Yeah. Part-time list manager? Uh, Apparently. I think it was Robbie. Robbie DeRazzo said that this morning, didn't he? Yeah. Patrick Dangerfield. (laughs) Him and Jack Bowes have a, a... Good working friends? relationship. Um, David, Brad, Andrew, wait right there. We're going to come to you next. Is the mega trade online yet? Hope the so. mega, mega, mega times 10 trade? Because once it goes up, I want to get into some of that stuff as well. Oh, I hope so. Trade mornings for Host Plus, an you industry super fund for all Australians and for Toyota. Toyota certified pre-owned. It's in a class of its own. David, Brad, Andrew are coming to you on the other side of this. Con- a trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. For Beaumont Tiles, it's time to get to the news. We're going to get to David, Brad and Andrew in about 30 seconds time. This morning, our man, the Hound. Self, self-proclaimed nickname, by the way. <laughs> Matty Lloyd believes Jay Gromier will depart Hawthorne before the conclusion of trade period tonight. And he's weighing up whether to join the Fremantle Dockers or the Giants. 143 career games, just under 100 of those at the Hawthorne Football Club before requesting a trade as his name. He has been banded around the last couple of years, but officially fired up on Monday. Of course, Ollie Henry prepared to enter the draft if he isn't traded to Geelong this trade period. Of course, today is when it all ends. Collingwood right now unwilling to accept Geelong's offer of pick 25 for the former first-round pick. So his future... And whatever club, his future doesn't really remain in limbo because I find it interesting. It's probably the correct terminology. Ollie Henry will be in the AFL for the next 12 years, but where and what colours he'll be wearing does, I guess, kind of be a little bit murky. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. Text messages galore. The mega, mega times 10 trade has gone nuts. Let's start with David in Springvale on one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. David, good morning to you, mate. Fire away. Good morning, guys. Um, I'm a little bit frustrated with the way the Saints have been trading over the last so many years. Um, they had a chance to get to Goey. They had a crack. They threw everything at him. He decided to sign with Collingwood. Why did he? Why did they stop trying to get Jack Bowes, pick seven, in exchange for Ben Long? What? What were they? 
what's going on there? We had that chance to get Jack Bowes. We had that chance to get that pick seven, and they've just blown it right out of the water just, for some reason. Just before, just before I, I, I let Adam Cooney let loose on St Kilda, Jack Bowes was in one of those interesting decisions where he got to make the choice. Mm. Because of the pick seven and because of everything around and being in contract, essentially Jack Bowes chose Geelong. It's it's a little different than the traditional trade, as we well and truly know. The uniqueness around it has about 15 layers. But in the end, so I'm not going to say it's on St Kilda. Jack Bowes, in the end, chose Geelong. I'm sure St Kilda were up to their eyeballs still. They had a crack it to go. We fell a little bit short. It feels to me, Adam, they didn't really have a plan B or C, if uh, and when, unfortunately, Dugowie fell a little short. And they look like they're going to be fairly quiet today, to be fair. Well, what can they do, St Kilda? I mean, they're in that unfortunate position where they're not a desirable club at the moment. So they had a real crack at Dugowie uh, and, and their pitch and ultimately failed in, and stayed at Collingwood. So all you can do is put case put forward your case and hopefully – a player like Jim yep. Jordan to go, he says, well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a crack. It didn't happen that way. Bose chose to go down to Geelong. You can easily see why. So it's unfortunate that this, that's the position that the Saints are in at the moment. They pick up Zane Cordy as a free agent. Um, they freed up a bit of cash space, obviously, with, with the Hanbury stuff. David, but I, I'm not too sure what they can do for the rest of certainly the day and also going forward. And we... we put together the Saints' best 22 last week. And it's a, re- it's a reasonable side, but I, I don't think this current list is going to take um, St Kilda to a premiership. So it's hard for the Saints and Saints fans because they want to make deals. And Brett Ratton, I'm sure, would, would want to make deals and get some A-grade talent in, but it's just not enticing enough so for St Kilda at the it, moment. Did Brett Ratton sign a... Yeah, he's extended. Yeah, Was it a two-year or three-year extension? Not sure. Can we uh, what? Can we like because this is the interesting one, right? I, I don't believe St Kilda are going to take a next level next year. I think Rowan Marshall and Max King. It is on those two players who I believe will both end up being superstars. In particular, Max King. If they go to that next level, then St Kilda can have a nice year. Nice next year. year, right? See, that's what. That's but, it, that's it. That's your right. Your ceiling is a nice year next year. But uh, am I, do do you disagree? No, but that's okay. just that's what the reality. So is, in twelve months' time, there's going to be a major decision made. Because Brett Radden signed a two-year extension, and in 12 months' time, he's going to have one year to go, and the football club's like, okay, where are we at? If you win eight or nine games next year, St Kilda, which I think they had, most certainly have the, absolutely, 100%, have the, uh, the capabilities of doing. Like, I don't think they're going to fall off the cliff and be a three or four-win team. I don't think that at all. And I think at some point, based on how they played the first half of this year, I think they're a legit possibility to win games, and some people get excited that St Kilda can have a crack again. So, at the top eight. But essentially, you've got, like, is two years enough for Brett Ratton? Should they have given him more well, based wanna, on the wanna, quietness of them? I want to ask you, David, I mean, what were your thoughts on the Saints and, and watching them really closely? Obviously, probably closer than um, me or Cam. But about halfway through the year, uh, what was the optimism like at St Kilda? And do you believe that this current list can can contend? Um. <sighs> I thought the optimism was quite high at St Kilda. When we were eight and three, we were looking top four side, and yep. it's just these little guys. Ga- I'm not content with where this list is. We need an A grade, couple of A grade players. We're not getting them in, um, and 
it's just these little games like against Port Adelaide up in Cairns where we should have won that game if we had kicked straight. Um, it sort of reminds me of when Tony Lockett was at the club. They were depending on him to kick all the goals. They're depending on Max King to kick all the goals. And there's no one there to help him out. Yep. So, yeah, I think that's a fair call. And I mean, memory does his best. But the King is the man, is he? And, and Marshall, as you mentioned, um, the small forwards, as we spoke about last mm-hmm. week, you look at what Geelong was able to do with Tyson Stengel, who turned him into an All-Australian. Those guys need to get close to that level, uh, and you need a small forward that's going to kick you 40 goals. Get Ollie Henry. If he goes into the preseason draft, pick up Ollie Henry, and then you have an asset, and if he really wants to go to Geelong in 12 months' time, you've got something to, there you go, work your way through it. And it off the text, so Saints should throw big money at someone that doesn't really suit their needs just so they can say they've done something. Sounds the best thing to do is not spend your money. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying throw away cash, right? But what I like, legitimately, do people think this actual team, and this is the thing I said about St Kilda at the start of this trade period, if they, they, they had a crack at their premiership list, I think. I, I think two years ago, three years ago, when they bought in the players that they did, they legitimately thought, we have got an opportunity here to win a flag. And it hasn't. So the murkiness of where they actually sit is the biggest concern for St Kilda. They just may believe we're restarting, yep. right? And so we're going to go to the draft. We're going to restart. We're going to reset. We're gonna, we've got King. We've got Marshall. We've got these two big young guys who can rip the competition apart. And I believe they have most certainly the potential to do so. And I think they will but they've got to sell it to their fans because St Kilda fans are, in my opinion, probably the most frustrated in the league right now. And a lot of that stems from the, from the drought that has obviously been around since 1966. So they need to sell it in a better way than they actually are. Yep. I'm not saying they're doing anything wrong by not doing a great deal, but you've got to sell it to the fans who bleed St Kilda colours. So it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a tough sell. It's been a tough time for St Kilda over a long period of time. We understand that and we uh, we feel your pain, Saints fans. Why is no one, including the Saints, uh, um, making a play for Matt Crouch? Uh, hard-nosed mids aren't easy to find. Uh, they've targeted Cordy. Well, he was, a, he was a free agent, so that's okay. That's, that's, that's good. Adds, adds a bit of depth. He's not going to um, take you to a premiership, Dane Cordy, but he helps fill a hole down took, back. It's took another kick. club to a premiership. Yeah, he's exactly right. Kicked the, kick the first goal for the Dogs of the day, yeah, he didn't did. he? he At the did. other end of the ground. So Matt Crouch is just similar to... This is the same player, right? That they've already got. Similar to yeah, about six, five or six mids that they've yeah. already got. Like that, yeah. that's 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 the way I look at it. Hey, Brad's and Cooey are up on one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. Adam Cooney, if you're just joining us, had a mega trade that involved ten teams. It tied up all the loose ends, and he shafted the dogs because they shafted him in two thousand and fourteen. So still Brad, bitter about it. Brad, fire away. Had a year to go on my contract and everything, and they kicked me out. Shouldn't have walked out. Brad, what do you got? Me out. What do you got for us, brother? Um, well, yeah, you know, <laughs> just off that last phone call, I'm about to tee off here. St Kilda, Brett Ratton will be gone in the first eight rounds next year. Oh, boy. As the first thing. Uh, they, they are in an absolute tumultuous position. Um, their list is no no good. The Bulldogs are starting to give me the absolute... Uh, Irrits. Like you wouldn't believe. Who do you bag for, Brad? Who do you bag for? I'm an supporter. No. We offered him way more than what Brisbane's offering him this year for Dunkley two years ago. Um... They're not, they don't budge on anything. They're going to send him straight to the uh, pre-season draft. And I believe that we have a very good chance of picking him up. Um, they're just very greedy, the dogs. And this is the whole problem, why people want to leave and why they always have salary gap issues. They've just got no idea how that place is meant to be run. I'd... So the thing is with the dogs, right? Two years ago, they had Josh Dunkley, a premiership player, with two years left on a contract. Two years left on a contract. 
is a premiership player who was in their best 22 who they thought was going to aid to them having a crack at a flag. And they and he did. They made a grand final 12 months ago. This year, they didn't have a great year as a team. They slid into the finals late. And in the back of that, Josh Dunkley ends up being your best and fairest if you're a Bulldogs fan. So uh, two years ago, people can argue as much as they want. The precedent kind of had been set. And I actually legitimately believe they were well within their rights to asking for two first-round picks. Now, he's, out of, he's just out of contract at the wrong time. He's not a free agent. It has complicated it a little bit by him not, you know, by where his actual contract has ended. He's suggesting that a couple of years ago he should have extended that one year to make him a free agent. Uh, well, no, no. Play an extra year next year uh, so he can make his own decision. No, not necessarily should have done it, but I, I think that the way that a lot of these contracts and these decisions work out, traditionally they roll into that last year. And if you're a year out from free agency, it does give a little leverage to the player and the other team who wants him. So he was two years out where he couldn't just walk away. If he's one year out from being a free agent, then that is obviously a little bit of a different conversation. Um, The dogs are well and truly within their rights to ask for what they're asking for. And Brisbane are well and truly within their rights to say, we understand what you're trying to say, but he doesn't want to play at your football club. And he's added... Like, it's it's, it's the one I think will get done. I just can't work out how it'll get done. Is it time that Essendon step in and say, listen, this... Deal may fall over at the Brisbane Lions. You wanted to come to us two years ago. Mm-hmm. Can we somehow get you to our club? Don't if, need to. If, if it falls over. Don't need to. The moment that the trade falls over tonight, every club with a better preseason draft hand, which is a lot of clubs considering where Brisbane finished, should be calling Josh Dunkley and Josh Dunkley's management. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy to be done because I'd say that all have probably called it But if you could point. swoop in and get it and, and not have to deal with six or seven other clubs to do pre-season draft work, would you, would you do that if you're the Bombers? No, but if you're, if you're the Bombers, right? You, so where did the Bombers finish? What do they got? In the, where did they finish? Fifth or sixth last? They've, they've got one of the best pre-season draft hands, essentially. And they're, they're probably more... Uh, honestly, have, well, they have picked four in the preseason. Is it pick four? Maybe. There you go. So thinking, wherever they finished on that. the bottom, I'm not 100 percent certain, but it was down there. So they finished 15. So they they haven't got very many clubs in front of them, right? They got North Melbourne, they've got West Coast, and they've got Adelaide. Is it a GWS? Sorry. So the GWS can't afford him because of you know they they, they sort of crunched a little bit salary cap wise, and I don't think it kind of sits probably. Although he would he'd definitely like, but he would just end up at North. <laughs> But would North would no, well North have to have to really want him? You're right. So you're only really betting one club. Yeah, when it's North, <laughs> who have? Do you think North would do it? Yeah, absolutely. Do Straight you, away. I don't, I don't know. I look. Well, if you're saying absolutely that North will do it, then Ollie Henry won't end up at the Cats if he goes to preseason draft. We agree. Yeah. Yep, I agree on that. Yeah, He'll I, end up at Essendon. One three hundred. The next pick in the preseason draft. One three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. One three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. It's, it is an interesting one. Threatening to walk to the preseason draft, I think, is only a, it's only an idle threat. Legitimately, with Ollie Henry and Josh Dunkley, because they are both too talented to walk into a preseason draft and end up at respective clubs that made the final four and have no real hand in the preseason draft. I, I think it's it's too big of a risk for those two men to end up into it. And it's also too big of a risk for the Bulldogs to lose their best and fairest winner for zero. Yeah. Ollie Henry's a little bit that. different, I guess, maybe. I, I don't know, but I just think it's too big of a risk. 
1-300-23-55-48. It's trade mornings for Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians and for Toyota. Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. A very quick break. Millions of calls, millions of texts. We'll get to them on the other side of this. Trade mornings for Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. And Toyota, Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. Trade mornings for Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians and Toyota. Toyota certified pre-owned in a class of its own. This is a bit of tongue-in-cheek from our man Robin Tazzy. He goes, hi, boys. Should the AFL introduce a mummy boy clause for the non-professional players who want to go home? Just a thought. Um, Maybe for the ones that live uh, within a sort of 60-kilometre radius of their home. <laughs> so legitimately, traditionally, homesickness is linked to financial poisoning. <laughs> there is a – I've spoken to a doctor about this. Uh, homesickness traditionally is attached – and one of the symptoms of it is being offered more cash elsewhere. Well, I think that's a significant factor. I think it is. Uh, in a lot of it, the Horn Francis situation is different because he was going to get paid a lot of money True. regardless of where he stayed. And that, But that's just, I feel that's an immaturity thing from Jason Horn Francis. I, I did look. He, he put his hand up yesterday, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he, he has admitted that he needs to become more professional in the way he goes about it and learn. But I, I assume out of it. But like, that's every single 18 or 19-year-old kid, right? No, not many have it worked out by 18 yeah. or 19. Mm-hmm. There's the, the Nick Dacos, who's just a freak. Uh, Sam Walsh, who was an unbelievable professional at probably 15 years of age. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's players that out of the box. But generally, most players don't sort it out until their early 20s. And they need some guidance from senior players and staff. Not everyone comes through... Um, an elite environment in juniors. So they, uh, for some players who aren't in the top 10 or top 20, then they take some time to work mm-hmm. out how to be the best player. It's unfortunate for, for Jason Orr Francis that if he was a pick 35, then not many people would take too much notice of his unprofessionalism at times um, because the scrutiny wouldn't have been on him. And they would have said, well, look, you know, he had a pre- pretty reasonable first year, played sort of 15 games, averaged 16 disposals for a... Um, a top 30 pick, that's a, it's a reasonable year. He's pick one, so the expectation is that he comes in and is diligent, professional, competitive from the first bounce of round one to the final siren at the end of the season. So uh, that scrutiny comes, unfortunately, for the number one pick and even the first probably five or ten picks now. one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. Andrew is in Nidri. Andrew, uh, fire away, mate. What do you got for us? Well, a two... Two, there's two points I've got to make. Adam, you're, you're, you're spot on. Essendon needs to get get in, get uh, aggressive. Go back to put Strain off for a pick four. Um, pick, give them the pick four and a future second, and get and, and in return give maybe a pick thirty or thirty nine, which Footscray's got uh, as a return. Uh, and I, I think uh, Dangerfield should be. Um, um, stripped of his uh, presidency of the uh, Players Association. Um, he's been getting involved in issues, uh, well, virtually uh, getting involved in recruitment for Geelong. <laughs> and I think it's a conflict of interest. Yes. It's a conflict of interest. And also, um, he's got he's done a few other things this year which uh, hasn't sat well with me. So I think uh, Daniel Phil's time's up as, as the uh, the Players Association president. What- Strong thoughts there from Andrew. Um, well, I guess 
flagging a potential player to come to your club isn't really a conflict of interest, is it? Because you're just sort of sounding out. And I, I, was, was he? Did he text him after he was playing a game in the twos? I'm not really sure. That's how it was. Willem giving the uh, the thumbs up. Robbie Durazio spoke to it this morning. So he texted his management. He texted his management, which I believe is the same manager as to what Patrick Dangerfield has. So it's the same management crew, I believe. Yep. I could be, in fact, I'm 99% certain. So he's essentially said to his own manager, hey, what the hell's Jack Bowes doing in the, in the twos up at the Gold Coast Suns? And it's kind of gone from there. Mm. Yeah, right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's not really a conflict of no, interest. No, I, don't, a, I don't see it as a conflict but, of interest, uh, but know, some might. But so, some do say, Andrew, that um, the, the position that he's in and, and um, at times it is a conflict of interest when, you, when you're commenting about certain things. So, yeah, I understand that the position there, but, I mean, someone has to hold that position um, as a player. So he's the best candidate for it at the moment. But, yeah, I, I mean, would if you threw out pick four as a – Starting point, and you'd want something back for Josh Dunkley. I guess Essendon supporters would take that. Just quickly, this is what uh, Robbie DiRazio said this morning about the origin of the Bose deal. It's funny, back in June, we had a message from Andrew Mack in Dangerfield, um, and we we managed Patrick, and it was around Jack Bose. I think he was playing maybe in a VFL game on Channel 7, and um, he played really well. He had 40 odd touches against, it might have been Collingwood in the VFL, and there was a cheeky text from Danger just saying, what's Jack Bowes going to do next year? And that's mm. sort of where it stemmed from. There you go. Uh, firstly, good credit for Channel 7 there, Adam. Uh, yes. Some of our friends. Do some good good work there. Great work, Friday nights. But, yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt that uh, it's just a simple cheeky message and then it's gone to the level that it has. And Jack Bowes had an opportunity to tour clubs and sit down with Chris Scott and the rest of, uh, you know, not just Chris Scott, but obviously coaches and people from other Football clubs, and yep. he chose the Geelong Football Club, and which I also in the think, end is a huge win for the Cats. Also think Andrew uh, could be a Bombers supporter and a bit angry that he missed out on Jack Bowes, oh. as, as a few Essendon supporters are. Yeah. Hey, a few people suggesting about Dunkley, okay, about wouldn't he just be a delisted free agent? No, he would not be a delisted free agent because the Dogs sure as hell aren't delisting him, and yeah. they've offered him a contract. So the rules are uh, pretty short that if, the, if, if a, a particular club offers you a contract, you can't be a delisted free agent unless they give you the Tijuana, which the Bulldogs most certainly are not going to do. And for people suggesting that Dunkley will go into the national draft, well, that would be a risk, mainly because already Fletcher and Ashcroft are needed to be picked up in the national draft under Father's Sons for the Bulldogs, for the Brisbane Lions. So They don't, they won't have any picks. They, they won't. By the, <laughs> when we look at Dunkley might be picked 78. And if you think a club wouldn't get him by that stage, then... Yeah, you are probably being a little unrealistic and glass half full as a Brisbane Lions fan. one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. Oscar wants to talk about Tom Mitchell, the Collingwood Football Club, and that conversation that continues. In fact, we'll hold on on Oscar. We'll get to him in a split second. Off the text. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people going, uh, Essendon fans who salty they missed out on Jack Bowes. Here we go. God damn it, this is hard. This is a little mega, 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 little slight mega trade. Brisbane Dunkley. Bulldogs lob future second Essendon and future second Brisbane. They got from Geelong. 16 to Collingwood. Fremantle get Brisbane's 21st and a future second they get from the Giants. Essendon get pick seven. Geelong get Henry and pick 27 from Collingwood. Collingwood get pick 11 from the Dogs, 22 and 42 from the Bombers. <laughs> uh, there we go. That's from King, who's uh, King, King Dodo, Dodo in Newcastle. Took him three days. It's taking him three days. He said, for the love of God, please read it out. Uh, I will say that. We spoke about 
the Cats splitting pick seven yesterday. Kinnear Peterson said yesterday about the Swans, but they want they want the local kid at pick seven, don't they? So yeah, they're not keen on picking on picking pick seven. Uh, on splitting pick seven. Geelong want to hold on to him. What's his name? Jai Clark. Jai Clark. There you go. So that's why they aren't overly keen on splitting the pick they got as part of the Bose deal because next thing you know, they can't get their local kid and they get a little deeper into a draft that a lot of people don't think is overly strong. Oscar, fire away, mate. We finally got to you, mate. What do you got for us? Mate, um, Tom Mitchell, is he, is he coming to the pies or what? Because premiership window next year, the pies need a, uh, a gun like him in the gut. Just need to get it done. Yeah, I think he will end up at Collingwood because he's it's not going to cost um, the world to get him. So there's a number of clubs that will be involved in um, picking, swapping, um, trading in and out. Um, this may not be a, a straightforward uh, pick. Uh, it might have to shift a few to get him in there. If it's you know late to late twenty to mid thirties, I think that's probably that's probably where it sits with Tom Mitchell. But I, I, I'm pretty confident that he'll get to the pies by the end of the day. Yeah, I think Hawthorne are, are fairly keen to really go with a different approach next year. Mitchell and O'Meara look like they'll be out. I know that uh, the Giants are kind of suggesting to the Hawks that. They need to pay a little bit of that salary, or it may even be more than a little bit for O'Meara to end up there with the Giants being a little squeezed themselves. But I think under Sam Mitchell, they're, they're, it's fairly obvious they're looking at playing their kids and giving opportunity to players on the periphery to get a taste of AFL football or a more consistent taste of AFL football. Next Which year. goes against the grain of it does. what has been sort of trending lately mm-hmm. in terms of you know teams, successful teams topping up with good players to give themselves a crack at it. You've been in that situation. How how much of a risk is it to lose Gunston, O'Meara and Mitchell, three veteran, veteran footballers in their leadership? How, how big of a risk is it to do, hey, here's some kids getting games, but we don't have these premiership players or premiership player with Gunston and the other two, yeah. one a Brownlow medalist and one very highly rated. Yeah, how a, big is of it a risk? Well, it, is a, it is a big risk because you do lose that um, sense of calm and composure out on the field, and it's three key cogs to um, to that element. So, uh, I mean, generally you, you want to filter them out. So one a year, maybe two, but yeah, three's a big chunk. But he, he obviously he's got a plan in place, Sam Mitchell, and it's going to have to be a patient plan. And Hawthorne fans are going to have to be really patient. The board's going to have to be patient, and and he's going to um, try and turn this around through through the draft. So, I mean, it's a three to five year sort of operation really if we if if it is going to go fully down this track um and then maybe next year as they're trying to work their way up for for a good strong draft hand in in the 2023 draft which they see as a a potentially stronger batch of kids so um yeah it's a long-term plan that he's put in place Sam Mitchell and See how it works out. You're listening to Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio. All thanks to Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. A trade rewind that I was waiting for on the other side of this. And you won't believe it. After 10 o'clock, they've actually brought someone in who knows what the hell they're talking about. Adam, to help us out. David Noble's going to join us. That's all to come on Trade Mornings for Host Plus. The Trade Rewind for Pazload. All-new Pazload Trim Master. Built to perform. Reliability. Comfort. Performance. In-store now. All right. All thanks to new Pazload Trim Master. Built to perform. Reliability. Comfort. Performance. It's in-store now. I've been waiting for this. The trade that set the Western Bulldogs onto a premiership. We go back to 2014 Mm -hmm. when Adam Cooney famously stormed into an office and said, 
I refuse to play here anymore, and I'm taking my best mate Ryan Griffin with me. You know that people are starting to believe that. The more often you say it, people actually seven years think of that I walked it, out on the club, and I will not stop until everyone believes it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now you've converted a few, I think. Now, to be fair, this trade actually started in the North Melbourne offices down at Arden Street, where Brad Scott. You were sitting with Brad Scott. Yep. And then someone knocked on the door and said, "What?" They said, uh, your coach has just been sacked from the Western Bulldogs. And I looked at Brad Scott and he looked at me and he said, well, do you still want to be traded or would you like to go back to the dogs? I said, oh, I might go back to the dogs. Yep. And they said, no, we don't want you back. So you, you walked out of Arden Street, away. happy to go back to the dogs, and then you somehow ended up at Whitney Hill. Well, yeah. Well, I actually was 95% certain I was heading to North Melbourne and then... I had a meeting with uh, Adrian Dodoro and then met James Hurd and toured the facilities there and felt that uh, they had a bit more upside in terms of uh, being closer to winning a flag, which, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a gambling man. Yeah. It was a speculative bet. Yep. And uh, fair to say I didn't win out. No. North one. played in a prelim the following year. They and played then two, didn't they? They'd, they'd played in a 14 prelim. I think you missed. They'd just come oh, off a prelim. Yeah, yeah 2015. Uh, of course. So I could have lost another prelim, which just, would have been great. <laughs> just on that. Hell, like, thorough medical. Are you nervous with the knee concern? Well, it wasn't it wasn't terribly thorough. What do you mean? Well, I just met with um, the great, late great, yep, Dr. Reid, um, who had a great relationship with Gary Zimmerman. Mm-hmm. So he said, look, I know about your history already. I've spoken to him uh, at length about it. Uh, we're confident that we'll get a couple of good years out of you. So. There you go. They got a couple of years out of you. Goods. Yeah. In the eyes well, of the Bombers fans, debatable. To be fair, I went there to be a small link in a chain that was supposed yeah. to be a premiership winning side. And I was happy to play sort of a half forward, forward pocket role with a little bit of time in the midfield when the other big dogs got tired. Mm. But they got tired in the preseason. <laughs> there was actually a, there was, a, was there an actual conversation of making you captain at some point? I hope not. <laughs> well, well, it was it, me or BJ. Essendon received. Oh, Pretzel's got on. Yourself. You played 31 games over the two years, of course, which was. Uh, I see it as a win win for both clubs. There you go. Well, let's see. I reckon Western Bulldogs definitely see it as a win because they had picked 37, which they traded to Sydney for Shane Biggs. They didn't even want the pick that part. they traded me with, did they? <laughs> huge part of that premiership. Pick 39, the Dogs used on Declan Hamilton, who didn't get a game. James Rose ended up at the Swans, who played 14 or 14 or 15 games. But. Essentially, you set in motion the premiership by you sulking it up and demanding change. Change was forthcoming. It included yes. yourself. Shane Biggs came in. Uh, Boyd came in. Uh, Beveridge came in. Luke Beveridge. And a premiership came in within two years. Which so, I Adam like, Cooney, congratulations, mate. Which I like to think that I had a really large part in facilitating <laughs> all of those players to get to the club. There we go. Uh, and and that coach. Is the trade rewind. Trade mornings for Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians of a Toyota. Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. We're going to squeeze a break in. David Noble's going to join us on the other side of this. Really break. one 48 There's a lot to go into. Of course, you can text anytime you like. 0419-0419-187-323. Final day of the trade period, and this is Trade Mornings for Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians and for Toyota. Toyota certified pre-owned in a class of its own. Adam got your music. Cam Luke yeah. got the music. Jay's uh, he's had a great couple of weeks as well. We won't be trading anyone from uh, back of house out after what has been a great two and a half weeks. What about front of house? Uh, well, you and I might be in trouble. <laughs> and to be fair, they finally said, management of Trade Radio finally realised 
after two and a half weeks. And let's get someone in to uh, make some sense of everything. And uh, David Noble is in the house, who has been tearing it apart as well later in the day, part of Continental Ties Trade Radio. Hello, Muddy. How you doing? Cam, good, thanks. Hello, Keens. Oh, groovy music. You like that? Yeah, mm. don't get that at three o'clock. No, yeah. no tunes to begin. No, yeah, don't, don't. That demo's a bit stiff. Hey, don't be, don't be trying to poach some of our uh, back of house stuff for later in the day next year as well. <laughs> hey, um, hey, congratulations. So I know it was a little bit out yesterday, but the Coaches Association, you're going to be on the board next year. Yeah, it's uh, an interesting one. It's something I haven't experienced before. And um, Al rang me uh, several weeks now with Greg. And yeah, just we just talked through it. I'm doing a bit of study sort of in that space. And yeah, look, it, it made some sense to me and they were, um, yeah, it was nice of them to ring and say, look, would you come and sit on the board? Well, based on, uh, of course, your experiences in the last couple of years, you're obviously in a situation right now so fresh to be able to, you know, bring different ideas and, and yeah. give ideas based on first-hand experience, be good or bad. Yeah, and look, the um, the board structure is, is an interesting, you know, space as to how it's set up, um, the functionality, the governance, you know, compliance, all that aspect um, is something that I'm interested in exploring. So, yeah, look, hopefully I can bring some experiences to it and, yeah, find hey. out what it's all about in the next few weeks. All right, final day. final. You've been in this particular yep. situation in different roles, couple of, you know, last few years as, as the head coach and you're trying to get maximise your talent into your list <laughs> and trying to give away nothing and that's what traditionally happens. I'm not sure if you heard the mega trade where the loose ends trade where Adam had 10 teams involved, all loose ends. How confident are you from the outside looking in that majority of these will get done? I'm 95% yep. confident that they'll, they'll all find a, an avenue and a way. Um, they would have been whirring away at the phones last night just to try and position themselves, I reckon, for lunchtime today. And then from lunchtime on, I reckon they'll start to get a little bit more serious around what that actually looks like. Why? So. Why 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 so late? Why why do we see a flurry of activity generally in the last hour, hour and a half of the deadline? Is it is it clubs being stubborn? Do you feel like when you deal with certain clubs, I know there's obviously an element of some there's a bit of revenge for some clubs who may have missed out on a deal years yeah. before like they're like Elephants, these uh, list managers, they don't forget. Grudge they, holders, you Yeah, I think there could be a little bit of grudge uh, action happening here. Is it? How much of it is ego between list managers and, and actually trying to nut out the best deal? Uh, I, look, I don't honestly think there's a lot of ego in it. I, I think it's – there's three things, I reckon. One is about trying to, like, position yourself to, to complete the deal. So you're trying to get it in your space. Um, second thing is you, you're waiting for other things to come to hand that you might be able to get involved with. So if you close the deal off too quick, you might actually lose out in those aspects. And the third is just, yeah, stubborn. Yeah. Just <laughs> yeah, the level. Yeah. So it's the, some of it's, some of it is strategy. Like negotiation fatigue is an actual strategy that you can actually engage. So you just keep going away, going hammering away at a certain point and you, it's called anchoring. So if you anchor at a point and just hold, you're going to wear the opposition, your your other side down a fraction. Um, and if they get an indication that you're not going to move, which is the interesting one with the Bulldogs and Brisbane at the moment, you know, Brisbane have got to get it done because they've committed to Dunkley. That, that's how I read it. So they, they've got to get mm-hmm. this deal done. I'm thinking, I don't know whether or not they will, but I'm thinking they're the ones that need to bend a bit to get it done. We, you know that football club and the, and the people inside it very well. Do you, do you think they will? They're like, because you're right, once you commit, the odds are in a six-year deal at a really good cash. Yeah. You kind of got to get the guy, right? But yeah. they are a little hamstrung. Well, people are, are saying how. how. Yeah. How, how, let's, 
but I'll look at it and, and the Mega tried that Adam did. Well, I've, I solved think the, I've already, already solved the issue. Yeah, well, yeah, the dogs are absolutely I can't get getting a coffee uh, and put my feet up. <laughs> How does it happen? Because the points is obviously with the two very talented kids coming into Brisbane, yeah. it makes it a, a lot more complicated. Have you been able to find out a way that it happens? I no, I haven't rung any of those guys. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's probably fair mm-hmm. for me to be able to. I've just sort of said to Danny, text Danny a couple of times yep. saying, good luck, hope it gets done. I've left Dom alone um, in that sense. it's It depends on the circumstances you're in at this point in time. So Brisbane are now in a point where they need to maximise points for the kids. Mm. I think their aspect is about trying to not lose as many points as they can in completing the Dunkley deal. So if they can manoeuvre their way, uh, I'm just picking a couple of clubs, if they manoeuvre their way to Frio in the lob deal, they might be able to slide into that to help that deal get complete. They'll ring the doggies and say, well, we'll help, or Freo will ring the doggies and say, we can help get this done. That'll help that get done. Or they might go to Gold Coast, which we've done previously or Brisbane's done previously, to get a couple of extra picks to throw into that deal and say, therefore, it gets done. And there's a bit of manoeuvring around today to find out where that gets positioned. So, yeah, that. so for me at the moment, it's about the father-son points cam in regards to making sure that that's maximized if it's not to do with that then it's just a tactic and it's just being stubborn we, mm. we have been asked in the past to hold deals up to based on getting maximum social coverage well to be there is the embargo yeah. between midday and three which essentially is geared towards the entertainment of, of later in the yep. day so you know it, it could be in principle and how does that how does that Actually works. So essentially you can shake hands and yep. pat each other on the back and say, we've got it done. You just officially can't lodge paperwork until 3 p.m. comes yep. along, right? Or, so, you, or you lodge it and they hang yeah. on to it. So. Yeah. So for, for, for football fans around the country, don't don't think that the clubs just put their feet up and grab a long <laughs> lunch and take it easy for three hours. How well, stressful is it? It's incredibly stressful, right? Yeah, I didn't sleep much during yeah. this period of time. When I was the actual list manager, I reckon – You'd, well, for me, you'd be back at the office on the whiteboard trying to nut out deals, see where things can unfold. You'd scribble around a few things. And um, we used to have a board set up for every club. So you knew where every club was, what their needs were, whether or not they were going to be active on the last day. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty stressful. So you'd, you'd toss and turn through the night. You'd be up early. Um, you know, a couple of guys go walk a lot. Some, um, yeah, do some exercise. Some will just try to just keep thinking and just keep, Find a way to get done. Is there a trade you look back on you couldn't get done that you think, oh, slight little bit regret? Uh, is it one that you thought you know, it may not have been one you committed to or close to it? Is this on a periphery that you thought not not one comes out of mind? Jason no. Francis? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I might have caused a bit of that. I'm, I'm not sure. So I apologize to the North fans if I've if I've upset anyone. Um no, there's there's nothing that the comes to hand I think by the time I got to Brisbane I think the process of having the experience that you've got you you just become more efficient and you become better at it so there's not too many that I think not from memory mate that I can give us a bit of time I'll come back to that what about as a coach uh, when there is a potential uh, trade target uh, being linked to your club how often uh, say if a player does commit to, to get to a club how often as a senior coach would you be in dialogue with that player about getting them to the club. But how how long do you meet them for before you decide, well, yeah, he's a good fit for us? And then do you speak to them after that or just, just completely let the managers and list managers do their thing? Yeah. So the players won't make a decision to come to your club until they've spoken to the senior coach. Mm. That's just it's just a given. Um, generally, most players would have spoken to the club about halfway through the year, I reckon. Somewhere around that buy period. Maybe... 
maybe a bit earlier, but more so the buy period on, I reckon, is what you do. And then I think once the player's committed, this time of year, depending if the, if the player's still here or they've gone overseas, a bit different, but every second day, yeah, I reckon yeah. you're on the phone, just, how you going? Things are progressing. We're positioned well here. Um, when Brisbane got Lockie, Fags flew over to Perth. So he was there when the deal went down with Lock. So he spent some time. We were pretty confident, obviously, that we were going to get it done. Um, but yeah, Fags went and had a game of golf with him. Um, went and met Jules. So yeah, so there was a, a narrative around that care factor. I think that the senior coach then wants to engage with that player. You've been around the game for a while, and you know, and you're, and you're seen in so many different ways. That, that seems like to be. Luke Jackson said the other day, you know, I met with Fremantle on the buy round, and that's where I wanted to be, and all the rest of it. Do you, do you think as an industry we're a lot more professional understanding that that actually happened? Like ten years ago, we were like. Oh, oh, no, we don't speak to anyone until the day after grand final. And I think we've all accepted it that it does actually happen. It doesn't mean that the player's leaving, but those conversations would be happening on a almost daily basis, right, from, you know, round eight or nine. And we accept it a lot better as industry, right? Yeah. Well, the, the, the initial the point of contact is the manager. So you'll keep working away through there. So list managers will talk to the managers. Coaches will talk to the list managers. Then there's a point where the list manager and the and the manager, the player's manager will say, He's ready to chat to the coach. So that's sort of how that activates and, and comes to hand. Um, when I first started Cam, it was it was very much against the rules to talk to any player that's in contract. Like it was just Is like, that still no, officially no. the line? Well obviously not. Nah. It mustn't be. It can't be. But but it was was very clear back then. And we look, we were at the infancy. We free agency hadn't quite come in just yet. So it was very raw back then. It was like, well, if you're in contract, that's it, you can't move. And these things have softened. And if you look, I haven't done the numbers, but if you go back the last five years, the amount of players that have moved in contract, probably nearly as many have, that have moved that are out of contract. Yeah. And, and I think that, like, like, I think when free agency comes in and you have a look, so Gary Ablett makes his decision. Like, no one no one believes that he, two days after his last game, no. he decided to go to Suns. Buddy Franklin, likewise. And I think... There's just murkiness now. That line's been blurred enough where it's like, it doesn't matter if you're a free agent or you're not a free agent or if you're in contract or not. Let's just open it all up because trying to police yeah. the, the the men who are allowed to talk because they're free agents compared to the ones who aren't would just be ridiculous. So yeah. I, I, I think it's better for the game because I have no doubt there's a million conversations that don't have the ending where a player leaves a club. Yeah, do you have a period you know, that you, you open it up. I know, like with the F1s, they, when they go on to their summer break, there's lots of activity mm -hmm. in that period of time, lots of conversations that yeah. go on. And, and they are now announcing guys going to, you know, Gasly's moving, um, DeFry's coming in, you know, Daniel's missing out. So mm -hmm. there's lots of sports that have, this is their variation. You look at basketball, baseball, they move post-game. So like, it's it's an interesting space. It's it, I think as generationally as we shift into this, it will become easier for um, for players to make those decisions and maybe announce it earlier. one 300 Hold our thought for a split second. David Noble's here for Ego Power Tools. Think outside with the Ego Power Plus 56-volt battery range of outdoor power equipment. We'll get to a break. Whatever thought you've got, Adam, hold it. It'll be gone. I know, oh, that's what I'm end worried end. about. Uh, three minutes away, you're listening to Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio. A trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. Into the last day of the trade period, uh, all thanks to Beaumont Tiles. A little bit of news update this morning. The Hound, Matthew Lloyd, said Diego Mary believes 
will depart the Hawks. The name sort of popped up late Monday night. It was attached to the Giants. The Fremantle Dockers all of a sudden into the conversation as well. And he's weighing up whether to join the Giants or the Dockers. 143 career games, almost 100 of them at the Hawks. Started off with the Gold Coast Suns and now looking like he'll get to his third club. Sam Wiedemann expected to join Essendon tonight before the trade deadline. Ben Williams told SEN this morning he expects Wiedemann to join the Dons, who could lose and probably looks like he will or they will lose Francis to Sydney. Nolly Henry is prepared to enter the draft. He's in traded to Geelong. Uh, it is all up to night, of course. Uh, pick 25 is on the table, and Collingwood want more for a guy who played 15 games this year and is a former first-round pick. Hey, Tyler's need stock fast. Beaumont Tiles ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. How David Noble is here. Nobes, how um, how big of the threat is the preseason draft and players saying, hey, we'll go there? And you're trying to get to good clubs, keeping in mind they've got lower picks. Do, do you think it's more of a leverage ploy, or do you think there's a legitimate chance that Ollie Henry's like, I'd rather go to the preseason draft. It's a silent sleeper mm-hmm. that is there that um I I don't there might have been once, Cam, that I might have mentioned it in, in sort of conversation. I know when um I was dealing with Geelong with Paddy, I spoke to Hawk afterwards and he said like, you know, you never mentioned it, but they knew that it was there mm-hmm. um from that side of things. So it's a tool. I'm actually not a fan of it, but it's a tool, and it's there. And whilst it's in the in your armory, you've got yeah. You, you take. I would. I would say. So I would think. I'm surprised whether or not North might have talked about that because you get a first hit. Now, if the young fellows, if if Ollie, Ollie's keen and he's set on it, then yeah, it's a mechanism you can absolutely use. But, like, do you expect him to get to Geelong? Like, do, we, we just spoke about the, the the different ways of clubs look at it. If, if Ollie Henry goes into the preseason draft and ends up at the Premiers when everyone, you know, you got 17 clubs that you'd think would theoretically be able to, whatever price yeah. they put on his head, don't pick him up. Are the clubs doing a disservice to their fans and themselves if they don't go and grab him, even to use him as an asset for 12 months' time? Yeah, we, I, certainly. I, we talked a lot at a two or three different clubs I've been at in picking up that asset and just holding that asset. So mm. if he doesn't play, that's fine. We'll trade you out the next year. Yep. So, I mean, I'd always try to look at it as a business. If it was your own money invested, you'd be going, well, we'll take that asset. We'll put it in, in stock and the following year we'll get something for it. So, but I agreed. And if he plays 20 good games next year, he's, he's a first rounder and you've got 12 months to work with the cats. Yep. His management and whatever, you know, and the player and all the rest of it. And if he goes there, plays 20 good games and yeah. kicks 45 goals, then all of a sudden there is the chance maybe he might he might decide to stay. So where do you see Ollie Henry fitting in if he does hypothetically end up at the Cats? Well, is it going to be a tough run for him to work his way into that forward six? It is. I don't know how long Hawks got left. Um so I think probably four to five years away he's playing. <laughs> yeah, well, if they keep kicking the ball the way they do to him, um, yeah. Well, he's sort of. I thought he was sort of a bit more of a key. He's probably more mobile, you know, sort of yeah. forward that can come up the ground, lead up. Um, I suppose they're, they're thinking as I probably would. You just can't have too many good players in your mm. team. So internal competition's really good. But yeah, I think he fits in their forward line. It just makes them better. It's 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 it is the toing and froing of what's going to be a very interesting afternoon and early evening deadline, of course, for the Continental Ties Trade Radio. Got an interesting one. So the Amira one that's come out mm. late, right? How has he been medicaled? Because if it's if this is sort of flushed out, like in the early part of this week, 
Frio would obviously have to have someone probably here do a medical. That wouldn't be unless he's gone to Perth. GWS would be the same. So you get your skates on as a club if all of a sudden you have an interest of a player that comes in a little bit late into the, the scheme of things. You fly a doctor over to do that? Yeah, you can. Or you've got – there's a broad connection of, you know, medicos might be able to ring another club doctor or, you know, have someone that's you've got confidence in that will hold that. Well, you just spoke about that, didn't you, when you went to, went yeah, to well, Essendon? Mine wasn't extensive. My medical by no. any stretch of the imagination. But the conversation. It was more the conversation was with um, the Essendon doctor to the Bulldogs doctor. Yeah. And they had a great relationship already. Correct. So, and I mean, similar to uh, myself, O'Meara's had knee issues over the majority yep. of his career, really, which is pretty public. So they would know what they're dealing with there. And he's played, I mean, he's had some continuity in his footy over the last couple of years. So, yep. I mean, they would know the risks involved there. Sometimes it is just maybe a conversation with. With a club doctor that's that's there at the moment, I'm sure they all speak to each other. Yeah. They all seem to hug it out and high fives when they run into each other before <laughs> the game. The, the doctors' docs. conference. Yeah, it's probably more it. the degree of like bone on bone. Mm. Where's that at? Is there any cartilage left? Like, there's all those sort of pieces that would come into the conversation. Yeah, it's interesting though. I would be interested to see if he chose the Giants over the Dockers for for a player who's incredibly talented, has had his injury mm. uh, disruptions as you touch on. But the fact is, he hasn't. Has he played a final? Was he was he there? When did he get to Hawthorne? Did he did he play in that team in in, in two thousand and eighteen? That he would have been that two thousand and eighteen team. So he has played limited yeah. finals. Uh, Fremantle are well and truly in that in that finals yeah. window. The Giants, you probably think, are, are reshaping for it. I'd be interested if he chose the Giants. It'd be mm. much more friendship based yeah. than actually wanting that chance at success, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. But the the strategy, I think, if you look back at Frio and West Coast the last five years, particularly with the locals. Mm. They've gone pretty hard in, in that space. So, yeah, that that one makes sense. A couple of people oh, – sorry, Adam. What about – where does it leave or what are your thoughts on Hawthorne's um, strategy to – I mean, Gunston gone. Looks like Mitchell will end up at the Pies. O'Meara mm. – it's, it's three experienced players that feel that the leave a void in that team already, which is quite inexperienced. It's a long game for Sam Mitchell. McAvoy, appears to be, McAvoy out. Yeah, and McAvoy mm. as well, the skipper. So it appears to be a long game and a long rebuild, which we haven't so – we've seen a trend away from that, from yep. successful clubs recently. How do you see where Hawthorne's at and the, um, the strategy with Sam Mitchell and what he's doing? I just think they need to be careful. I mean, probably I, I, I just have to be balanced. I suppose my experience was that it didn't really – I mean, it didn't work for me, but I think the club will be positioned well going forward. Um I've got no doubt with some of the talent that they've got in there. But one of the areas that I think we struggled with a bit, Coons, this year was getting that um, the winning aspect, having enough in our armory to sort of win games, to get that belief, that understanding and that mechanism of enjoying and embracing that post five minutes of the game. That's where I think you need to be careful. So it's an interesting strategy. Um, you know, Bolts did the similar sort of thing at Carlton where that, you know, that second year – we, all, we always sort of knew that the second year was going to be a bit more difficult, and I hope that they haven't gone a bit too hard in, in that space. Yeah, and how patient can uh, Hawthorne fans be? We've seen what happened at, at North Melbourne. You mentioned Bolts. After two years uh, of, yeah. of teams winning three or four games a year, it, it seems like that is almost a tipping point where, yeah. where fans have had enough and they want change and, and they want success immediately. But yeah. So he's playing for sort of three, a three to five year plan. It yeah. seems like. Yeah. What's going to happen if they've won th 
three games at the end of next year. Well, one one of the key things, and I can't talk highly enough of the North fans that are, you know that I've bumped in over the journey that that have absolutely been supportive of what we were trying to do as a football club. I think if you keep the fans engaged and understand what you're trying to do and just be honest with them and sort of say, look, yep, might be a rough road for a couple of years. Um, it, they just don't want bulldust. Mm. If they've got they they've got the best bulldust radars going around. <laughs> yeah. So be honest with the fans and tell them that if that's the, the direction and look, you know, be honest, if post game it was crappy, then just tell them. Hey, that's what we spoke about St Kilda. That's what St Kilda's challenge is yeah. right now with with a, with an off season that, you know, Zane Cordy is, is, is really the only major one they've they've really got stuck into. They've got to be able to sell yeah. whatever they're doing to their football fans, and they're what are they the doing? most frustrated. Where, well, where are they? I, I, I've, they've got to sell it. That's that's a point. I will say this: Sam Mitchell's a full time Premiership football uh, Hawthorne football club player. He's a, he's a captain of a Premiership team. He's a Brownlow medalist. He does have that little extra love from the yeah. Hawthorne fans. Because now I'm not saying that holds him instead for a decade, but I, I think that fans look at that and go, "What's well, Sam Mitchell?" Right, so we're going to believe, rightly or wrongly, a little more in what he's doing as the head coach than what someone else who may be coming in that's an outsider do. It buys your time, mm, absolutely. One three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight to get involved. Omira played one final. He played in that qualifying final. Yep. They lost to the uh, the Tigers, and then he got hurt and he missed the game. And I think they lost to Melbourne. They lose Melbourne in the second week of twenty eighteen. So uh, he's played one final mm. for a, for a kid who. Probably when he got drafted to the Suns, like yeah. all of us, thought they were going to go on this magical run and all the talent have really good times. All right, uh, we'll take a quick break. David Noble's here for Ego Power Tools. Think outside. With the Ego Power Plus 56-volt battery range of outdoor power equipment, you can get involved, one 300 and we're going to do that on the other side of this. For Host Plus, this is Trade Mornings. That's a plus for Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. Run only to benefit its members. Search Compare Host Plus today. Yeah, I'll tell you what a big plus is for Host Plus is our man David Noble joining us for the hour. And, of course, the phone lines have lit up, one 300 a plus with Adam Cooney and myself for Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. Run only to benefit its members. Search Compare Host Plus Today, let's get into it. Luke's in Mandra, up nice and early over in the West. Luke on one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. Take it away, mate. What do you got for David Noble and Adam Cooney? Hey guys, just wondering if Rio do land Jago Amira, where does that leave Nat Fife and where's he sort of play? Ooh, gee, I I, I want Nat Fife to play in the forward line for Fremantle next season. I think that's where he could be their biggest asset. They have a strong midfield, a young midfield that is going to get better again next year. I'm not saying he's completely pushed out of the midfield, but I think it's a it's a rotation that Fife starts forward and lets those guys go to work who did an unbelievable job this year. Totally agree. <clears throat> Excuse me. He goes into the mid when they need him once a quarter, you know, goes forward. He's just such a powerful um, you know, player when he presents at the ball on a lead like that. So you might have to straighten up his kicking a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I totally agree. Forward and then a little bit mid. For honest and transparency, I actually saved Adam Cooney's Twitter account last week because he was going to include Nat Fife in a mega trade that involved <laughs> Luke Jackson. And I said, look, mate, for the wow. sake of your own social media sanity. Straight swap it, <laughs> Swing it <laughs> off. Jay's <laughs> <laughs> in Mandra to talk about Omir as well, mate. Take it away. What do you got for us? Good morning, lads. I uh, love your work. Uh, by the way, uh, Cam and Coons, I miss you on the Armchair Experts every Friday night. Uh, we we um, might be back next year. Uh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think it's a fair trade, Amira, for Lloyd Meek. Uh, I mean, Max Lynch really hasn't broken into the senior side of Hawthorne as this you know, dominant ruck. Obviously, McAvoy's retired. Meek's played about two dozen-odd games for Frio. Obviously, hasn't broken into the senior side and cemented his spot yet. But I think with, you know, the year and longevity of Meek, you'd probably get a good, you know, eight to ten years out of, whereas I think Amira is, what, 28, 29. He's coming into the end of his career probably got maybe three to four years. Um, obviously, injury raveled. Um, I think it's a fair trade. And now with the vacancy of uh, uh, your friend Coons, Mundy, retiring, uh, I think there's a vacancy. <laughs> yeah, my good mate David Mundy made me look silly yeah. for the last six years. And I've been retired and overweight, and he's still uh, kicking goals, literally. So, yeah, what an unbe- unbelievable career he had at longevity. Uh, yeah, me will definitely seek opportunities elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Is that a, you're asking for a straight swap with Omira and Meek there? Okay. Nobes. We haven't seen one this year yet. No, no. we haven't. Nobes. I, I love a straight player swap. Yeah, you do, yeah. which is in, ironic because all you do is mega trade, but you <laughs> yeah. also like it the other way. I, they, I mean, Freo really like Meek. I understand he hasn't been in there. They, they rate him highly. They'd, I reckon there'd be picks in it as well mm-hmm. for that one. Uh, I'm just trying to work out which way the, the value would go. I mean, Omira experienced... You know, knee's a bit of an issue. It's Meek. a short-term thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, it's some, I reckon there'd need to be a pick involved somewhere along the line. I, I like Fremantle biting this off. To, this is a 100% let's top up and win a flag thing. They haven't won a premiership, and this is why you take the risk on O'Meara's knee to just get him into this yeah. team, right? Yeah, well, well, they want two years. So yeah. two years out of him, mm-hmm. and if anything well, happens after that, then building hopefully the, they've won one. Yeah, it's, sorry, mate. It's building the consistency to keep playing finals long mm-hmm. enough. You know, they might need to drag another A grader in in the next year or two to go, you know, here's our two years now opening up. But, yeah, it's sound strategy. Yeah. And then, uh, what are out the back? Callum Sinclair and Lewis Jett is the last direct player swap, and it was seven years ago. Yeah. So we haven't seen one seven yet. Years. So traditionally, with the points becoming a, a major factor, clubs normally ask for a little bit. So we, there you go, we, we, There's a gap in the market there for another segment, <laughs> I think. Oh, well. Instead of the mega trade, we do the straight hey, player swap. I, I would actually go as far to say that you're the reason that straight player swaps no longer work because <laughs> you put ideas in the club's mind. I did the Lewis Jett Sinclair one too before they actually, I think it was three days before. Just quickly too, Jay, the NFL. Armchair experts Monday mornings with Ben Graham and I don't miss it seven oh, mates straight on. after the NFL. Game. No, that's got nothing well, to do with what we're talking about experts, now. It's still going. It's <laughs> just, just a cross promoting, place. Hey, um, Tim's over in WA as well. He joins us on one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. Straight for David Noble around the uh, North Melbourne Football Club. Tim, take it away. Hey, Nobs. I was just wondering about um, kick two and three, and what would the likelihood of Hawthorne being able to get Harry Sheasel, um with their first pick, do you have any inside knowledge on, on North, who they're going to take? Uh, no, I haven't, Tim. I'm sorry. I'm uh, I'm a little bit out of the loop, sort of, and I wasn't there for the briefing on the talent. It didn't sort of get to that point. Um, what I am interested, though, Tim, is what they're going to do with pick three, particularly, you know, whether or not they split that again um, and maximise what they've actually done. So, but no, I didn't I didn't have a brief on the on the talent coming through, so apologies for that. Uh, one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. Uh, just on that, I know you've probably spoken a little bit to it, but based on what North got out of it, what they did, did you like the way they went about it? They got the maximum. Do you think they could have held out for a bit more? Do you? How did you see it play out? Yeah, I, look, I would have liked a little bit more. Um, I think what they got was was pretty good overall. It would have been nice maybe for them to get another first, maybe or a, a high second somewhere. But because you're involved in the four. You know, you sort of get to a point that everyone looks like they've 
been reasonably mm-hmm. well compensated, and so therefore you 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 go about it. So, look, you know, there, there's been a lot of discussion. It probably hasn't been enough acknowledgement for North to actually get it done. It is a tough decision to let your number one pick go, but in the end, they they made the call and they said, if we can't keep him, then we'll trade him." And they've got some picks, and now I think they. They're in the high end of the market for the next couple of years. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, and a lot of people sort of link some of the offers you got 12 months ago around yeah. Horn Francis and the number one pick and all the rest of it. Was there meaningful conversations at North Melbourne around those offers about possibly giving it up 12 months ago? Yeah, there was. Um, what people tend to forget is that when Adelaide put their deal on the table, they wanted some stuff back. Mm. It wasn't just his three picks. Yeah. They wanted a high second end pick back. And so so therefore the appetite for for North to actually split that pick last year was probably 70, 30, 80, 20 against. Whereas I reckon that's probably flipped this year. I reckon it's 70, 80% for splitting it and having a yep. look. And that was probably before Jason, you know, made the call and said, look, I want to go home. Um, but look, we, we felt... Because he played two years of footy, and Coons had been over there, he played two years of senior men's footy, mm. and he got better each year with South. He was ready to step into a to a men's environment, and that's why we rated him number one and took him number one. We had this conversation the other day, Adam and I, about uh, players and, and, and clubs saying, you are the number one pick. I know, we, you know, bidding on another player, be it a Dacos or a Darcy last year, or, you know, be it this year with an Ashcroft. Yep. D- does that conversation come up where you – sit down with a player and say, we're going to get you the number one pick as we firmly believe you're the best player in the club. Or do you look at it as, as kind of diminishing a little bit of that stronghold that the father, son or the academy clubs have? It, it can be a bit diminishing if we think you're the best, but we're going to bid on Dacos. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, I'm, so I'm not the best, I'm the second best. So. Did that conversation come up at um, North? Not with Horn Francis specifically, but with North? Well, yes, to a degree, but we were, we were cleared. Jason wanted to be picked number one. Yep. And when we went and spoke to him, I was lucky enough. That was in sort of that COVID period. You mm-hmm. couldn't get out of Victoria. I was able to get through Queensland and get back to SA to chat to him. And it was very much around, I'd like to be the first best pick in the country. Yeah, you get a little, um, mm-hmm. I think, a nab bonus bonus with that as well, which may have factored into his thinking. I didn't, go get, a, with I didn't get a kickback. <laughs> that, that, that's right. Is that when you took the – I think it was in that doco, actually. It was, you had the jumper in at his, at his kitchen table. Yep. And a great scene. Yeah, okay. So it, what, it is interesting. What, what that – I was strong on if they couldn't get the three first rounders for him this year, which is a similar position as what you were offered before he was drafted, to to hold him for that second year mm. and hope that because and, and you you know how how competitive driven and ruthless is he because it's all the three words I keep hearing about is how competitive and driven he is yeah but he, we didn't see that in his in his first year in terms of the way that he played uh, and I I was saying well back him in back his character in yep. to mature in his second year and play twenty good games and finish top five in the best and fairest hopefully North win six or seven eight games and then. He's another year down the track. He feels more comfortable in Melbourne. North Melbourne obviously didn't see any reason to keep him because they thought that that could just not be a possibility at all. Could you could you have seen anything like that play out in in his second year? It would have been tough for him. I think once he then he got because I think once you get to a point where I, I want to go home, I'd like to go home. Um, some. Players can can handle it, but I think they're more mature. I, I look at, um, well, I guess I was trying to, the Dangerfield experience where he was coming out of contract and I was sort of talking to him 12 months out, look, we want to extend you. It's like, no, no, I just need to hold sway. So he was obviously assessing whether or not he, he would go home, but he's just mature. You know, mm. Paddy, I mean, he was 20, 
24 at that stage, 23, 24. So, um, so I think for younger guys, it's, it's more difficult because you just, you don't have the life experiences to, to fall back on any experiences to, to how to deal with that emotion. Um, we saw some elements of the drive and the competitiveness throughout the year. We just didn't see consistently enough. Yeah. Um, but that's not unusual for a first year player either. No, you to should, understand you, and learn yeah. the bloody caper. absolutely. No matter if you pick one or, or pick sixty, there yeah. are going to be inconsistencies yeah. in your game. I, I think it probably it, it probably hurt him to agree watching Nick Dacos every week as well. Yeah. I mean, become a legitimate star of the competition after ten weeks. I mean, I used to watch um, other players that got drafted ar- around me in my first two years, and then Brett Deledio was pick one the year after me, and I watched him, and he was probably playing better footy in his first year than I was. In my second. So, I mean, that sort of affected the way I thought. Do you think that may have had an effect on him as well? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. We talked about it yesterday, 100%. 100%. That because you are so competitive and you've gone as number one and you wanted that mantle, you're looking around at, the, at your competition around the other clubs going, oh, he's played five games. You know, I've played four. And gee, he's been nominated already. Um, they're absolutely 100% you'll be looking at that. And that, that does throw a different connotation into the level of frustration at times because we weren't playing all that well. Um, Dakes is at a club that's, I mean, they, they had a little bit of a, you know, early sort of hiccup, but then they just, they won game after game after game. And so it does, it comes into their thinking. So, so based on that, just quickly before the break, do you expect to see, us to see a different Jason Horn Francis next year, home, bit more comfortable, second year, maturity, deeper midfield, probably at Port Adelaide as well, which makes it a little bit easier. Do you expect to see a better Jason Horn Francis on field in 2023? I think the biggest thing, um, yes, there's a bit of hesitation there. I think his third year will be better, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um he needs to co- to comply and be on board with system and structure and understand that you know there's a role to play whilst you're learning the game. There was a you know, bit of frustration with us getting him in the right structural mix at stoppages and bits and pieces. So you know going to port that is really structured in that environment. I'm sure if he gets a you know a game where he's got to play half forward or goes to plays half back, just go and play it. You'll get your chance in the midfield. It'll come, but. Don't be too impatient and just learn how to play the system and help everyone around you. There you go. David Noble, uh, trade mornings for Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians and for Toyota. Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. A very quick break. You're listening to Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio. For Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. You're listening to Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. why and Graham writes done this for a long time and um, you know extremely good at it to Graham's credit he came into a new regime uh, two years ago you know took over from some of the previous regime and um, I like when list managers come in and don't you know suddenly bad mouth or, or go through a, a clean out straight away on what, what they've what they've taken on so look he took it with open eyes and open ears and we were discussing things along the way um, I think in the end Brody Brody, you know, we all know the long-term deal and, and, the, and the, the footy that he missed this year. I think that played a big part. They won a lot of games without him. Um, and I think in the end, uh, he had three Ruckman, in, you know, four including Adam Begg on his list and were paying them a lot of money. And Brody's the one that probably had the most ability to change what it is, his salary cap. Mm. So mm. Look, we had great conversations throughout the year and I think that's what it is in the end. It's It's... 
him and him and the coach were happy to sit down and work out which one they wanted to keep and one that probably helped their salary cap the most was Brody Grundy and um, we, we, we approached it like that and he's really excited to get to Melbourne Footy Club. Well, you know, I said yesterday, I think that he wasn't jumping for joy when the trade went through. There was a bit of sadness in there. Um, he wakes up, up this morning a Melbourne footy player and he's, he's excited to get to work. Robbie Durazio, the manager of Brody Grundy this morning. That's the early trade recap for Toyota. Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. It uh, has and handled really well in the end. Grundy's statement yesterday read with a handled, bit of sadness. Well, which party really well? Well, I think that in the end, I look, I wouldn't have traded him. To be fair, I've, I've made that pretty well known all year on Not about 15 different platforms. It's unders, right? Nope's 27 for Brody Grundy. I know the deal Oof. plays a bit, but jeez. Gee, it's well unders. <laughs> it's well unders. It's nearly, oh. the, nearly the deal of the, the trade period. You know what? If we sit here next year in Melbourne on the Premiers and we're talking about Gorn and Grundy tearing apart games, then we'll be going, this is, we thought it was ridiculous at the time. Yeah from a trade value point of view, and it even would look uh, sillier in 12 months' time. It's a deal to seal to the sale of the bloody century. Mm. How does the relationship work between Gorn and Grundy? Fascinated as to how it's going to work, because Jackson was just, he was the he was the the, the modern-day running ruck slash midfielder that could play anywhere and, you know, bounce down the ground. So it's it's an interesting one. It's, it's almost, uh, they're, they're a bit similar. I would think that Max spends more time forward. That's what I I, I think, but he's got to straighten his kicking up as well. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting mix, I think, for me as to, to how it actually looks. It's completely different to what it is at the moment. But, you know, they like squeezing that ground on that side of the ground. They've mm. got their shape. They go down the line a fair bit, Melbourne. So they want to play that brand where they don't open up themselves for the oppo. So... The long down the line target with Gorn and Grundy works in their favour. Hey, Nose, before we let you go, mate, and apologies if you've spoken about this, but have clubs reached out? No. No? He's on the board now. I did think of who I missed too. Yeah, who'd you miss? Jeremy Cameron. Je- we put a massive five-year deal to him in about 2011, 2012. Yeah. And Alex McDonald said thanks. Really surprised, but no. Okay, there you go. Mate, thank you. Pleasure. Nice work. Appreciate it. Hey, Adam. Thanks, guys. You got through the two weeks. Your mega trade got forced through. Congratulations to you. It's been a good uh, (laughs) fortnight for mega trades. We've done well. We've felicitated a few deals. Sarah and Josh are up next. Don't go anywhere. It's about to fire up for Host Plus and Toyota. This has been Trade Mornings.